Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Masters is back. Stream all four days from Augusta and get every second of big swinging, glorious setting, career besting, water splashing, record breaking, tiger taming, Rory winning, maybe, eagle making, green jacketing, golf glory you could ask for. Grab a Now TV Sky Sports Week Pass and watch all four days of the Masters for just €15. Search Now TV today. Content streamed via the internet, full terms at nowtv.com. White guy. Tony Bruno Show podcast at CSZ Philadelphia, the home of comedy sports. Love this spot. Great little theater, 100 seats. Next week will be crazy, the Christmas show. And then the week after that, Joe, it's the New Year's Eve, Eve, Eve show. It's going to be crazy. It's perfect timing, too, because Christmas Eve, nobody wants to go out. You know, everybody's home. But at Christmas Eve, Eve, it's going to be crazy. And then New Year's Eve, Eve. Because people don't care on New Year's. They go out every night. 
Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's going like to be nuts. Four days so people pretty much are mailing it in. Yeah. Like the entire week. I mailed week. it about two months ago. So I so. mailed it in about yeah. two years ago, actually, <laughs> which is why we're doing a podcast. Right. <laughs> what is it about the Eve Eves that Eve are like the biggest party days? Well, Not necessarily. Just, like, well, the, well, they know the they got to deal with their families for the next three days. Exactly. So you, know, you might as well go out and enjoy yourself. Let, well, actually, I think that. I take that back. Thanksgiving Eve Eve. No, is, Thanksgiving Eve is the big the party day. Yeah. And then Christmas Eve Eve mm-hmm. is the big party day. Mm-hmm. And then New Year's Eve is the big party day. It's not the Eve Eve. Like no, the, the but it'll Eve, be the Eve Eve here. This year, so. yeah, because it's like an extended weekend this year. Almost. Yeah, because so, it's a Wednesday night. Yeah. So then people will use, oh, I'm going to be off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday. Right. right. So like right. you can come here to the Tony Bruno show on New Year's Eve Eve. And it's kind of like that gearing up. It's like the practice we for New Year's Eve. We have some like mummers out there warming up. That's a good idea. Oh yeah, get some string bands yeah. out there, guys. Yeah, Tony, Tony can do what is it called? I'm sorry, the mummer strut. The mummer strut. Tony yeah. can do the mummer strut. No, I believe. It. I have it on video. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm probably better at the mummer strut than Luigi. I'm, I'm sure that's one of the. I cannot do the mummer strut. <laughs> you can right back into it. Again. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't take long. It's the thing about guys. Feeling you know during the break. That's the thing about guys. You know, it's like. I could do that yeah. better than you. No, you can't. <laughs> exactly. I'm better at you than this. Right, right. No, you're not. You can have the mummer strut, man. I'll let you take that one. <laughs> we're going to spin the wheel this hour. Paul Mercurio, we're going to play that interview that we did earlier on Skype. And then Miss Robin's got to do a Florida update, though. Yes. It's one of the traditions that we all love. Every week, something happens. And every it's not, week, every 10 minutes, yeah, something yeah, happens. Exactly. It's not that we're hating on Florida, because you actually love Florida. Love Florida. Mm-hmm. But, but Florida seems to be the epicenter of, of bizarre yeah. activity. Yeah. And it's not just me saying this. No, it's There it's are websites dedicated, dedicated to Florida. To it. Yeah. There's Twitter? a movie coming out called Florida Man. Right. Well, there's a Twitter account that, that's like... Yes. It's not the same guy. The Florida right. Man movie is based on a bunch of guys who live in Florida. Uh, Single guys. Guys uh, right, just w- wander around. Yeah. Guys yeah. who drink a lot. I mean, it's It just, looks yeah. really interesting. Yeah. No, it does. <laughs> right. It's actually a trailer online I'm looking at. Not in right. a trailer. They didn't film it. Right, 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 right. They might, they might as well It wasn't have been, filmed yeah. in Levittown or anything like that, right? <laughs> no, no, no. Off so, location. So every week we do a Florida story. And uh, Robin's got another good one. But do you bef- have it ready, before, Wait, before we get to the story. Or what do we have? We, we get to the Mercurio um, interview. Uh, John here from the audience, audience wanted to ask you a question. Oh, sir. yeah. Let's step right up to the mic, sir. I wanted to make sure we got him up there before we got in everything else. Absolutely. Sir, thank you. Two-part question. Yes. What was your review of Krampus? I didn't see it yet. I want what? to see it, though. That's an outrage. It, it is, is an, an outrage. outrage. <laughs> now, remember, I was touting Krampus about oh, yeah, a month big ago. Time, yes. Now, obviously, it's not a, but it had a pretty good opening weekend. 15 uh-huh. million. Yeah. And, it, you know, I'm not a, I, I don't like slasher movies. I mean, there's some uh, horror, the, the paranormal, fake paranormal stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, those movies talk, cost 10 cents to make, uh-huh. and they just keep churning them out because they make a big profit. Right. So when I saw the preview for Krampus, what I liked about it is not that it's just another horror movie, because it had the... It had, legitimate actors in mm-hmm. it that you care about as yeah. opposed to, oh, that's just another teenager that's going to get slaughtered in the woods. Mm-hmm. Why do I care? Mm-hmm. They're like actors that you know. Right. And, and the storyline is, and then I read up on the whole Krampus thing, which I wasn't familiar with, but Krampus is the character. I was familiar. I grew yeah. up with it. It's, it's a European thing uh-huh. that if you don't believe in Santa Claus, well, if you do something bad, what's, why, Krampus is a fictional character Sort of like Santa Claus. Right, right. But, but He's the, like the anti-Santa Claus. Correct. If you do something bad, instead of like here, you know, you get coal in your stocking. Big whoop. But in Europe, in, in lots, uh, a lot of parts of Germany specifically, um, 
this monster that kind of looks like Satan because he has the hooves and the horns, and he comes and gets you. Like the Wishmaster, though, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. You ever seen the Wish? By the way, I have an update. So the budget was fifteen million. So far, it has grossed thirty-eight point eight million in the box. Yes, it's only fifteen million. It was a fifteen million dollar budget. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's because of the other movies about $10 budgets. Now. Well, and I think also they, they, even though there are people that they cast that are known, they're not huge box office stars right, right. that are generating but millions and millions of dollars. It looks like a professionally done oh, yeah, movie. It's, it's not a, some this, shaking camera, right. kids running in the woods. Blair project. Witch Project kind of thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which was I want to see it, though. But I'm not going to go to the theater now. I'll wait till it comes right, out on DVD. As well, and then Star Wars is coming out yeah. this Cheapskate. weekend. Yeah. Now you're going to be because I used to do camp it. Out or any Are of you that going to stuff? stand in line no. for like four hours? Anybody no. going to do that? I love Star Wars, no. but I'm not going to. Do you have to be there for like the opening night? No. No. Weren't there people already camping out for yeah, when? It, yeah, yeah, I mean it's just been nuts. They're yeah. like in L.A. where they had the premiere. Yeah. People were there like for a week. Yeah, yeah. Over a week. It's ridiculous. Oh, that's but th- I'd like to see in a theater. That's, that's their thing, though, man. There's the Star Wars fans that they they love it. They live yeah. for this stuff. So there are Star Wars. I it's mean, their Super Bowl, Tony. It's, they're uber fanatics because they have tattoos of Star Wars. Oh. They name their kids after well, characters. Like they, you know, it's it's yeah. it takes a special kind of person. That's right. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Tony. That's your cue to say something. Hello. I just wanted to hyper- like, I'm like, Tony went into hyperspace. I'm like, dude. He, Tony, really? Tony, Tony, Tony just, he just can't even. There it is right there. It finally happened. He can't I, even. I can't. I don't think I've ever seen him just what was that all about? I don't zone know. out like that. I was like zoning out. The force what? is not strong with The force isn't no. strong. You're no. right. How about, uh, how, about we roll, how about we roll with the Mercurial update, Tony? I, I mean, I'll do the Florida update first. All right, well, then we'll do that then. <laughs> I want to go to Florida. I want to go to Florida, Dan. I think you just did it about a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm back from Florida. Right, there you okay. go. Welcome now back, let's Tom. get to the update. And somebody who loves Florida and does our weekly, let's go to Florida, Miss Robin. Down to Florida. Everybody now. Welcome you to the Sunshine State. They're kicking back and soaking up the rays every day in Florida. Don't you just want to go down there because of this music? Not really, not really. Yes. Uh, so last week on our This Week in Florida, we had two stories about the guy who was uh, trying to burglarize a house and then jumped into a lake. Yeah. And then an alligator ate him. Yeah. Remember that story? Yeah. And that yeah, happens in Florida. Yeah. Then we had the other guy. It's, it's called natural selection. Exactly. <laughs> but now we have a story with a, with a fairy tale type yes. theme to it oh, in no. Florida. Let's go to your Florida desk and your correspondent, Miss Robin. I would like to call this Florida Goldilocks and the three, but I haven't come up with what three things there Stunads are. Stunads always work. <laughs> Stunads and the three Stunads. <laughs> Dateline Deltona. A woman accused of stealing hundreds of dollars worth of makeup from a Deltona CVS ended up in a stranger's house where she bathed, changed into some of the homeowner's pajamas, and then took a nap. So, you know, the three three little bears, someone showered in my shower, someone's wearing my pajamas, and someone's sleeping in my bed, and she's still there. So yes, so, this, so the homeowners came home and this chick was sleeping in their bed. Yes, yeah, so this this chick named Erin Rice, she ended up in the home. How old was she, by the way? She looks. It, it actually doesn't say how old she was. Does she look like a typical Florida chick she, that's all stoned out and stuff? Uh, she definitely looks like meth could have been involved. Oh no. No, I'm serious. I think it was actually, but she looks like maybe she's in her twenties. But she. Uh, 
Erin Rice ended up in the home of these strangers after she broke free from a deputy who'd placed handcuffs on her wrists. Like, they didn't do a very good job then. If she's yeah, on she meth, and yeah, I don't know. But you could she, do anything on meth. <laughs> she, maybe yeah. that's what. She, Wait a minute, have you done meth? No, meth? absolutely not. <laughs> I've you seen it. Meth better I've you. seen it in action. He could lose more teeth. I made meth better than you did when I was on Breaking Bad, okay? <laughs> you can win that one too, Tom. <laughs> so, so anyway, she, like, she, she, she breaks free, and instead of running off somewhere, she ends up going to somebody's house. She makes herself a little snack. Uh-huh. She showers. Well, at least she showered yeah, before she, she went to somebody's well, bed. Well, that's true. And then, she, and then she put on somebody's pajamas and got into bed. And then, But the couple was there. It's an older couple, like 72 years oh, old. They were home during They were home. home. Oh, they they hear didn't hear the shower running? Nah, well, so, they, so then she, they're taking a nap during the day. You know how 72... Yeah, right? <laughs> so then the wife wakes up right. because and she, she goes in and she sees this woman in her husband's pajamas. Oh, oh, she was go. wearing the man's pajamas? She was wearing the man's pajamas, oh. and she's like, she freaks out. But she doesn't call the cops right away. That's the weird part. She doesn't call the cops away. First, she gets angry at her husband because she thinks her husband was having an affair with this woman <laughs> at 72 years old. And then they, the, the, the woman who was sleeping in their bed says that she must have been sleepwalking, and that's how she ended up there. So the 72-year-old couple ends up taking her home, driving her home. Oh, that's nice. And then Did after they have a turn signal one for like a hundred <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing. So then the the couple gets home, and after a little while, the wife goes, "You know, there was something strange about that story." So then she calls the police and says, "Were you by any chance looking for a blonde?" And then they finally caught the they they figured it all out and figured out that that's who. And it was everybody doing. lived happily ever after. She wasn't tased. Nope. Right. Well, she was arrested on a. And and there was meth involved, by the way. Oh, really? I, that was not a a guess. An Ovaltine involved. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Your yep. this week in Florida. This with week a happy in Florida. Ending for all. Goldilocks and the Three Stunats. <laughs> it's like a Caribbean holiday every day in Florida. God, I love Florida. What would we do without it? Well, I th- my theory is everybody from California moved to Florida. So they're 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 just making that as crazy as California. There's crazy stuff in California too. Oh but yeah, the, but I mean, but the but the people in California who do the crazy stuff are like the rich people. Yeah, Florida, it's everybody. No. Florida, it's just the poor people a, yeah, who yeah. don't have anything and they go well, crazy stuff. Yeah, I actually think that across the nation, you can also we could do Walmart updates. Oh yeah, well crazy is uh, oh yeah because is Walmart seems to be a yeah. staunch. That's an epicenter. Epicenter of. I, I told you my daughter. And I shop at Walmart, so yeah, you know. My daughter I'm saw her first Walmart brawl the other day. Did she oh, it was really? Very touching. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so sweet. Right in the, in the produce section. Now, did you do what any responsible parent I is supposed to, the to other do? Side of the store, and did so. you videotape it? Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. She was too. She was getting a little. And then like you can post sites for that. You yeah, make she was money. getting a little too frightened. Everybody else was. I think even the cops came in. They were filming. Because then you can post it to only in Walmart or whatever it is. There's like a. If I was by myself, I would have, but. I had to bring her to safety to the other side of the store. Now, we will talk some sports this hour, too, because this, oh, after really? all, yes. is a yeah. sports podcast. Yes. And uh, obviously a lot of football chatter. And one of the stories that I saw is that, that you know the quarterback situation. The Eagles have the, the situation with Sam Bradford. Will mm. they keep him? Do they let him go out and pursue yeah. free agency? But the other guy, Kirk Cousins down in mm. Washington, has got an interesting story because he's having a good year. 18 mm. touchdowns, 11, t- 11 interceptions, 300 yards against the Bears last week. And the question is, do they franchise him? Uh-huh. Because if you franchise him, he's going to count $18.544 million 
against the cap. Oh. The Washington Redskins, as bad as it's been for the Eagles, uh-huh. you know the last time they won a playoff game? That's got to be. 1999. They won a playoff game after the 1999 season. 16 years ago yeah. was the last time the Washington Redskins won a playoff game. And now he's in a good spot mm-hmm. because he's a free agent. There's a lot of teams that are horrible. Somebody's going to make him an offer. And he kind of fell into it, too. I mean, no Exactly. Way and he got a break because yeah. RG3 couldn't play, kept mm-hmm. getting hurt. Yep. This guy's up and down, up and down. And now they're in a position... And if they win this division and they make the playoffs, oh, be, this guy can name his yeah, price. Yeah, be on easy street. Yeah. Because even if they don't want to sign him to a long-term deal, he'll get a deal. They're going to have to give him eighteen and a half million dollars mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. one year. Yep. Or they're going to sign him to a couple-year deal. Yeah. So that's the advantage of playing well in that year when well, you come. Yeah, and everything's at the right time. And the Sam Bradford's in the same situation. Mm-hmm. He got the one-year deal, and yeah, now the question is, yeah. and what do you do? Right. Do you go out and draft a guy? You don't bring Mark Sanchez back. You got to keep. I think they're going to keep Sam Bradford. Yeah, I have a feeling. I really do. I think they're going to keep him. Mm-hmm. And and that's not not because it's a horrible thing. It's just that who's out there in no, the draft this year? There's there. a couple of good young quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But you do with the you know what you do? You do with Baltimore did, except they let him go to Buffalo. This Tyrod Taylor yeah. was taken in the sixth round, mm-hmm. sat in Baltimore for four years. Now gets a chance in Buffalo because they made a mistake taking yeah. EJ Manuel high in the draft, and he can't play. They run him out for trick plays now. EJ yeah. Manuel. Same thing happened with Geno Smith with the Jets, mm-hmm. and you see it around the league. And the Johnny Manziel thing, now he plays, and he plays well, and they're going to have to make a decision on him. But to me, the Bradford thing's interesting, and you're going to mm-hmm. see all so many teams need quarterbacks. And even in Denver with, uh, with Brock Osweiler, mm-hmm. they took him a couple of years ago. He sits and watches Peyton, gets a chance to play, and looks pretty good. So anyway, that's a lot of football going on. And the, the interesting thing about this coming weekend is that the Eagles can afford to lose this game and they yeah, can still, still win the, the division. division. Yeah. All they have to do is all they have to do is beat right. win the last two games. Yep. So Which they can lose to Arizona and still win the division if they beat Washington and the Giants the in their Giants. final two games. Yep. That's how crazy this division is. And you know what they would finish, right? Eight Play and eight. Eight. Yeah. eight and eight, and they would win because they'd have the tiebreakers over both Washington and over the Giants because mm-hmm. they would have swept the Giants and then they would have beaten, they would have had better division record mm-hmm. uh, than the Washington Redskins do. So that's how crazy this yeah, division has been. And you know, I mean, it's, it's weird because, like, normally you would say, well, there's no way they're going to beat Arizona, but they, they have, they, I know, they are beating teams that nobody thought that they were going to win. Well, the Patriots losing. in particular, but the Gronkowski thing obviously hurt them a lot. But give the Eagles credit. And everybody wants to. There's always an excuse. There's always a, we're always mad when they when, when the Eagles win. We always try to find a reason why they shouldn't have won. And when they when they lose, we know they're going to lose. Well, they so, tend to play down to the bad teams and up for the good teams. So and so it's an interesting. At least we're here. We are going into Christmas, and we've got meaningful football games going on yes. for the next couple of weeks. Meanwhile, and we're going to talk some NBA too because I believe our buddy Joe wants to get up and talk. What everybody's talking about this time of the year. Yes. The 76ers. <laughs> Joe, you want to get up here and uh, have a Sixer conversation here? We've got to try to keep it to like 10, 30, uh, 20, 30 seconds if we can. All right. I'd like to keep wins. That should take about five seconds. Yeah, can we discuss? Yeah. Do you have any idea? Has anybody looked at the schedule to figure out when? Their next win will be? The 76ers will win another game? 2017. No, no, seriously. I'm trying to be serious here now. Why do you always have to poke fun of my team, my town, my 76ers? Your 76ers. Um, well, one, I think Brown's highly overrated to get a two-year extension highly overrated the guys won like 18 yeah, games exactly. was <laughs> it 36 and uh mm-hmm. i forget what the number is yeah but you know but they play for him tony come on they yeah, play they, hard yeah, they exactly. blow how many fourth quarter leads he's exactly. worse than jay wright <laughs> get a little wow. closer to the mic there the most overrated yeah, coach yeah, you're in tall. the history oh. of coaching yes joe you're so tall you need to, to get a little bit closer now. to the oh, mic okay that's right so i've been saying all along that the six and this is not because i'm some seer but 
this ownership group. They bought it to flip it. They could mm-hmm. pay 270 280 for it. Yeah. And now it's supposedly worth $700 million. It's all the winning we've been doing. Exactly. Yeah. And that, no, that's even what, mm-hmm. at, at what they are right now. Yeah, I know. If they start winning and they get the Camden building built for them, yeah. it's going to be a billion-dollar franchise. Sure. Whether they're good or not, whether they win champion. Mm-hmm. Look at the Clippers. They sold for $2 billion mm-hmm. under duress because they got the owner out. Yeah, and you don't tell good. me the 76ers with the history they have mm-hmm. is not going to be a billion-dollar franchise. So I don't knock the guys for wanting to sell, mm-hmm. but I remember Norman Brayman who did the same thing. Oh, I'm buying this team. I'm a Philly guy. Yeah, yeah. These guys aren't Philly guys, but Norman Brayman played the whole, I'm from here. Yeah, I want to win here. a championship. Yeah. And he had good teams, mm-hmm. and he didn't go the extra mile to try yeah. to win a championship. No. So. Right. I don't. It's not that I hate the Sixer ownership group. I just don't. I don't. I don't think they're in this to win. Uh-huh. And I believe the story last week. Not that Mike Silver, who's come out now, the Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, that he didn't force the Sixers to hire Jerry Colangelo. That they talked about it and they both, they all agreed that it would be a good move. I don't buy that entirely. I think that they were told, you know what, Sam Hinkie's bad with agents and he's bad with free agents, and he just sits in his basement and does what he does. They needed somebody with credibility in here. Right. But the Mike D'Antoni thing is the one that really got me when I heard that last week. Mm-hmm. You don't bring in veteran players to help these guys because nobody wants to pay a veteran player because they don't want to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But nobody's there teaching these kids. What's Mike D'Antoni going to teach the young 76er players when he's a run-and-gun coach mm-hmm. on a team that can't shoot? And then why would you give him a two-year extension and hire a new assistant coach? Exactly. What is that saying about Brown in general? I agree. I think every move that they've made... It's not like just bringing names in. It just doesn't make any yeah. sense to me. Does it make any I'm looking for logic. Well, why so, would you bring in Mike D'Antoni instead of a, a veteran player to help these guys? That's why I came here for you. That's, right. You think I'm I have throwing, the answers? I'm throwing that to you. So if you I had the answers, you know what? D'Antoni, uh, <laughs> if I had Brown the answers, don't kill. If I had the answers, I'd be sitting in a bunker with... With Sam Hinkie getting praised by all these fanboys who think he's doing an amazing job <laughs> winning 18 games a year. I think their ranks are, are lowering now. Uh, Although I do process. think, I, Tony, I think in all honesty, you would do a better job than him. No, I wouldn't. Yes, you would. Because I don't pretend. I, I know basketball, but I'm not going to sit here and watch tape of guys all over the country and say, like, for example, this kid Ben Simmons, right? He's supposed mm-hmm. to be the best player in the draft. You know where he plays? LSU, right? Mm-hmm. You know that LSU stinks? Mm-hmm. You know that LSU best may not make the, N- they may not make the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament, right? This guy's the best player in the country. He's on a team that's pretty good most of the time. LSU is a big time program. Oh yeah, yeah. They're so bad that they made eight miles an hour too. He he better, but he's still going to be the number one overall draft pick, even though his team will not qualify. Well, that tells you about the the crop. It's a perfect fit. But that's isn't that amazing? Because in basketball, you have one. If this guy's the best player in college basketball, and he's on a team that's not great, shouldn't he single-handedly help his team get into the NCAA tournament? Win 20 games? Shaq did. Exactly. So that's, again, does that mean he's not a good player? No. But that just tells you how we put so much stake into 19-year-old kids to come in and save your bacon. Did you hear that um, they offered Brand extension? Elton Brand? Elton Brand, yeah, to help mentor. Yeah, I mean, listen, they brought Elton Brand in before, but, but, you know, and the other guy they're mentioning is my karaoke partner out there at Lake Tahoe. Who, Harry Mays? No, 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 no. (laughs) It's Harry Como, you mean? No, not Perry Como. Shane Battier. Shane Battier. Shane Battier and, and Elton Brand were the two names that they were throwing around. Oh, bring daddy, to, right? as, as mentors to the... Exactly. That's what I've been reading. And, and so Shane Battier is a great guy. They're not going to play, though, right? What are they going to do? Yeah, yeah. They're yeah, going to exactly. sit on the bench? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hang out with them at night. They're going to be designated drivers. But, for, didn't, uh, oh, but Embiid yeah. had uh, Luke Maumute last yeah. year. yeah. Who? Who's now with the clay starting? Luke Mbaamute. No, it's Luke Richard Mbaamute. Mbaamute. I know. I knew him when he played at UCLA. Mbaw, I know him now. Mm-hmm. Luke Richard. Right. Mbaamute. He's a hockey player. Well, Richard exactly. sounds like a hockey player. Exactly. exactly. So there you go. So, so you like the Mike D'Antoni move? Do you understand anything the Sixers are doing? Absolutely nah. zero. 
No, I don't like it at all. Do you I, like it? No. I don't like <laughs> Do him you, being there. I don't like Brown there. You don't like Brett Brown? No. You don't think he's getting a raw deal by just being forced to tank? No. Nah. Well, where were they finished last year? How many wins did they have? 18. 18. And was they it 19? They won. No, it was 18 and then 19. Mm-hmm. So they made tremendous progress from 18 <laughs> wins. And this year, <laughs> if they win 18 games, games it'll be a miracle, yeah, right? Awesome. See, I thought they'd win 20, yeah. but I don't know I now. think we're going to set the record this year. Look, coaching can only take you so far. Talent's got to take you the rest of the way. They just don't but have like, the talent. Like Joe was saying, they, 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 they tail off at the end of the game. It's not like they're, they're up at halftime. Right. They're yeah. up in the third quarter. They can't finish a game because they can't compete for a full NBA game. They're not, they're not good NBA and players. And why are people so excited about that? People are, I, people, I've never seen this in my entire starving. life. They're starving for a winning squad. That's, you, that's but this is not starving. This that. is a famine. I know. It's famine. <laughs> this is like. I'm this saying is, they're, this they is have like, all this wishful thinking, but it's not, it's not rooted in reality. It's because, not because everything's no a crapshoot. Yeah. We could spin that wheel and have a better right. chance of getting better than the 76ers. But they're just so, you know. I think there's Sixers tickets on that wheel, isn't there? I think there are right. Sixers yeah, exactly. tickets. Actually, <laughs> if you get if you win Sixers tickets, you get four tickets. We give you the wheel. We give <laughs> you the yourself wheel away. And, yes. and you get no. alcohol too. You give that. us your tickets, and then we try to get rid of them. Exactly. That's what we do if you win this. Yeah, but with them picking up Okafor, I mean, they got it right off the bat. They're better because Embiid never even played, so he got to play. Yeah, and but he's the only good player on this team now. Right, and they still can't. They, you know, and even up. him, you got to watch because he's yeah, exactly. not. Yeah. And now Noel, people are wondering whether this guy's fragile, whether mm-hmm. he's the star. He's, you know, listen, I'm not knocking the kids. They're doing what they're supposed to do. They go play a year, they come out, and that's their right. Oh, right. He's soft, though. Is he soft? I mean, I know, what his cor- you know he's got the cornea thing. I mean, I, we, if you can't see, you can't see. But, you know, the wrist, I mean, come on. Cut me, Mick. What the hell's that? <laughs> Cut me, Mick. <laughs> he missed a couple <laughs> games because of his wrist. Well, that, I'm sorry, we've, we've run out of time. That concludes tonight's yeah. Philadelphia 76ers Jesus. update segment. I went a little Thank longer than it should, actually. Yeah, exactly. I think we've talked more Sixers than all of the yeah. sports stations in the city combined. combined. That's it. For the last week. It's unbelievable, man. Right. There's not but a lot the, of wins to talk about, so, you know. No, we can break it down. Yeah, we can break it down. I think on Christmas Day, instead of playing, the Sixers are going to replay yeah, their win. one win against the Lakers. That's right. It's already on Hardwood Classic. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> For this the year. instant classic. Yeah. Instant classic. Instant. <laughs> Do you remember when? Yeah. And Do you now, remember? Yeah. And now for this year's best of. Yeah, yeah, we beat the and it was the Lakers, right? Yeah. Yes. On, uh, Kobe Bryant's return. Kobe Bryant. The game that nobody wanted them to win. Yeah. And nobody were even rooting for him. In the, in well, the everybody was there to see the Lakers. Yeah, the Lakers. One Moses Malone night. And how about it, it can't be the, more Sixers than that win. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How about the other interesting thing that Nick Young, the former Sixer, mm-hmm. did you see the other night? Swaggy no. P. He got his first assist with Kobe Bryant. Played with him three years, <laughs> and for the first, I'm not making this up. It was a I big story. In like 300 something mm. games. Nick Young finally passed the ball to right. Kobe Bryant, and, and they stopped no, the game. They, they the had game, a ceremony, yeah. a, exactly. and then they brought the championship yeah. banners yes. down. Yes. Nick exactly. Young brought the, who was he dating? Uh, uh, Iggy Azalea. Iggy Azalea came out and sang out. national anthem. They stopped it. They yeah. had a the Flyers celebrated him at halftime. It was, exactly. it was pretty good. Yes. <laughs> Jeannie Buss came out and yes. brought out her, uh, right. who was a friend of mine, by the way. Oh, I really? Yeah, I love Jeannie Buss. Nice. She's great. Better than the I'd rather go. I'll watch her. Right. I'll go watch her sit in the luxury suite before I go watch, watch an NBA game. game. Exactly. Her and Phil Jackson. Right. Reminiscing Talk, about Montana. Yeah, exactly. Where they live in the offseason. Yeah. Speaking of Montana. Speaking of Montana. Isn't it time to play Paul McCurio's uh, interview here? Yeah, let's do that. All right. Mm-hmm. And we are doing our very first ever Tony Bruno Show podcast Skype call, ladies and gentlemen. That's the kind of technology we have here. Every week we introduce something new. Something earth-shattering, something spectacular. And we bring to you a man who's in his living room somewhere in New York with nothing but gigantic VHS tapes, beta tapes, Betamax tapes, uh, Peabody Awards, 
all kinds of, well, there it is. Look at that. That's a beautiful office right there. The man went from. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm not wearing pants. I'm in my underwear. Well, so am I, but that's what's great about doing this. The man who's, who went from Italian kid in Providence, Rhode Island, to lawyer, to investment banker, to comedy writer, to comedy star, to winning an Emmy Award, a Peabody Award, to stand up, to podcasting, to his own CDs, to everything. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul Mercurio, how are you, man? Wow, I'm great, and I'm really impressed with that guy, whoever you just described. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, my fellow Italian. How are you? I'm good. I don't have Peabody's or Emmys, though. I did I did win a Mr. Peabody Award because I used to love Fractured Fairy Tales back in the day. Remember that show? I remember that show. He knew he had all the answers. Exactly. I also think he was getting a lot of tail in that cartoon, but no one he would never ever say that. But I think he was scoring women. That guy was smart. Absolutely. Now, so talk about this career because you're an Italian kid, just like I, growing up in Providence, Rhode Island, New England fan, and then all of a sudden you go you go from lawyer to investment banker. How the hell did you make the transition? I mean, you could have bought the Seventy Sixers. Actually, that's what they, that's the guys up there. You know, Jeffrey Lurie's a New England guy who bought the Eagles. He was a uh, well, he had money, he had family money. You didn't come from family money, though, did you, Paul? Listen, based on the way the Eagles and the Sixers are playing, I could buy them both right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, how is the NFC East going to even have a chance? Really, with these losing records, it's going to—it's like you know, that's like—it's like saying you have a perfect bowler but you're using bumpers. It doesn't really count. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Didn't the Philadelphia Eagles go up to New England and beat your Patriots a couple of weeks ago as 13-point underdogs? Yes, but there was uh, there was. A, I think you guys messed with the footballs. Your footballs. <laughs> <laughs> I was a lawyer on Wall Street. I was doing M and A deals. I grew up Italian family in Rhode Island, and I I I started writing some short films. I made some short films. One of them went into a, the Aspen Comedy Festival, and then I started writing jokes as a hobby. I don't know why. And I was doing these huge M and A deals. I was working like day and night, and then. Uh, one night, uh, there was like a private function, and Jay Leno was performing, and one of the other lawyers goes, you want to come and take a break? And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to be here all night. I don't have time. He goes, nah, come on. And I'm like, all right, screw it. And as I stood up from the computer, I remember, I, I'll never forget, I hit the print button, and I'm like, eh, you know, and I printed out all these jokes I had, like a thick, like, dot, like pages and pages. And, uh, and he performs. I go up to him afterwards. I go, look. Mr. Leno, I don't know if you need jokes, but I got these and I don't know what to do with them. And he goes, okay. And he really does talk to everybody like they're letting helium out of a balloon very slowly. It's like freaks you out. Like you, you just want to go, look, breathe. So your head doesn't explode. Breathe. So he takes the jokes. I think I got blown up. The next day he calls me and he says, uh, I need jokes for the Tonight Show monologue. I'll hire you to start sending jokes for the Tonight Show monologue. He goes, what do you do? I'm a lawyer. He goes, ah, I knew it. I go, why? He goes, your setups are way too long. You're too wordy. You write like a lawyer. He goes, just get to the joke. Right? <laughs> Five days later, he calls me. He says, I'm going to do one of your jokes on the Tonight Show. And uh, he does that joke. He pays me $50 for the joke. And it was the most powerful thing that ever happened to me. So then I became obsessed with writing jokes and setting them to Leno to the point where I was going to deal meetings with two notebooks. One was for deals and one was for jokes. And I was take, not taking any deal notes. I was just taking joke notes. And then he said, go try the jokes out before you send them to me. And I said, how do you do that? He goes, you go to open mic nights. So I started to go to open mic nights at dive bars around New York City. I would sneak out of work at a dinner break. I'd have a car take me downtown. I'd take my jacket, my tie off. 
and I go to places. One of the places I worked was called Downtown Beirut 2. Two. Two. Now, they were, two. They were either franchising these hellholes or Israeli fighters, Israeli fighters out one. I'm not sure. And, and basically, it was a dysfunctional cheers. A hooker worked out of there. Pimp worked out of there. They dealt drugs out of there. There was a sign on the men's room door that said the toilet seat is only to be used to go to the bathroom, not to cut coke. Thank you, the management. <laughs> Thank you, the management. So I'm on stage one night, and I'm waiting to go on stage, and there's a folk singer because there's uh, poets and folk singers too, and he's playing Blown in the Wind like badly. Like, yeah, so there's this huge guy with a cobra tattooed on the back of his shaved head with studs in his face, like 6'3", and he's like talking to himself at the bar, and I'm sitting next to him in my little Brooks Brothers shirt, and going, and he's like, Richard, and he's like, rrr, rrr, and he goes over to the pool table, and he gets in a fight with a guy, he runs out of the bar, and the guy at the pool table grabs his neck, and he starts screaming, he cut me, man, he cut me! And it was a drug deal gone bad, and he sliced him across the side of the neck with a box cutter. Now, all right, he's screaming, but he's drunk. He's not juggler, like he didn't hit the juggler, but he's really weak. He caught me, his girlfriend's like, oh my God, look at what that, he caught me, the answer, my <laughs> This is all true, by the way. Now, I think the show's over, and I'm about to leave, and I hear the MC go up and go, all right, you guys ready for some comedy? <laughs> so I on stage right now, I don't know that I don't have to go on stage. I'm doing this like a month. I don't have an act, I don't know what to do. He's screaming, the girlfriend's crying, the cops are there taking a police report, it's mayhem. And I go, nice to be here at downtown Beirut too. I always wanted to follow a slashing. I, I thank you. I thought that was a pretty good line. The guy who got cut heard me said slashing and he thought I was making fun of him. And he goes, hey, and he's drunk and he's going, he goes, you making fun of me? He goes, I don't need to take this crap from you. And he takes all these bloody cocktail napkins and he wads them up and he throws them at me. Wow. And they stick to my shirt, my white Brooks Brothers shirt. Right, I'm on. I'm going. No one's paying attention. He turns back to the bar and he goes, "Hey, everybody!" He goes. He goes. He turns to me. He goes, "What are you doing anyway?" I go, "I'm trying to tell jokes." He goes, "He goes. Oh yeah, I like jokes." He turns back to the bar. He goes, "Hey, you guys, shut the hell up! This guy's trying to tell jokes." Next <laughs> time you yell, a little bit of blood would come out of his neck and go to squirt out. Right? Wow. And back in the car, I go back to the firm. So the end of the story is, I'm putting my tie on. I have this blood stain the size of like a grapefruit. I become like a 12-year-old and think I'm going to hide it from all of the lawyers by walking around the night with like a file folder like this by my shirt. I go into this conference room. I was gone like four hours. A senior partner screaming at me. He goes, where have you been? What have you been doing? Why do you have a blood stain on your shirt? And before I say anything, another lawyer goes, uh, what kind of shirt is that? I go, it's a Brooks Brothers shirt. Why? He goes, I know how to get blood out of a brush Club <laughs> <laughs> soda and lemon juice. Another lawyer actually goes, no, 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 Armani. That's the shirt you want when you get blood. I go, what is this, a remake of American Psycho? What are you guys doing here? Right? So uh, the night ends with me getting in a confrontation with another lawyer over this document I drafted. And I think I, I still thought I was at the club dealing with hecklers. And he literally in front of everybody at one point in the conference room went, you know, I read this document, and I could have, to, to me, Mercurio goes, I could have drafted a better document in my sleep. And I snapped, and I would, I think I was, like, still in heckle mode, and I just went back at him, and I went, oh, yeah, well, I could have been your father, but the dog beat me over the fence. Wow. So from there, at the Beirut 2, what's it called? The, what was the club again? Downtown Beirut. Downtown Beirut 2. You start full-time, that's when you got out of law completely and started writing for Leno? I was doing that for like a year and a half and completely lost and not sure what to do. And 
and about to leave, but I was really scared and I was lost. And then uh, my father died unexpectedly at a heart attack and I had to go home to Rhode Island to help run the family furniture business. My mother wanted to take it over and I thought that's what I was going to do. But I come from a very Italian family. And when you go home again, you like it's like a square peg in a mental institution. Like you just don't like, and I come from a really, part of my family is really Italian. Like my cousin Bobby runs numbers and he at the front of a woman's shoe store and he sells stuff that fell off the truck, you know, like suits, ratchets. And at one time he was actually selling car alarms, car alarms that he stole out of other people's cars. <laughs> and and to, give you, to give you a snapshot of Bobby, this is how he came dressed to my father's funeral, okay? He dresses like John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever to this day. He's got a big, thick mane of hair, and this is how he came dressed to the funeral. Open casket, Italian funeral. He comes in a fluorescent orange silk shirt, unbuttoned gold chains, white pad leather belt, white slacks, like, like a creamsicle with chest hair, right? <laughs> and then white mesh loafers and no socks, because it was the summer, but you gotta put powder on your feet to keep them dry. But Bobby, being the good of us, put too much powder. So every time he'd step toward the casket, puffs of white smoke were coming out of the top. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, look at that. Somebody nominated a pope. That's awesome, right? And then, and then fast forward the end of the night in the parking lot, all the cars had gone from the funeral home. And my cousin Bobby's in the, with, with the trunk of his Ford Torino is open. And he's literally selling suits to a guy in the parking lot of the funeral home of my father's passing. Which is, wow. And so I tried, yeah, I tried to be home and run the business with my mother, but she's insane and it, I couldn't do it. It was, it was too much. She wouldn't give up any power. You know, it was nuts. Exactly. So then, so then did you move to LA to do this full time or did you do it from New York? I stayed, I stayed in New York, you know, um, and uh, I came back, you know, and I really tried with my mother, but it was insane. Like, shit. She just wanted me to run errands and stuff for her, and she would lock customers in the store. Like she'd forget people were in the store, and she'd lock them in the store because she can't hear. She has a hearing aid that whistles all the time. And like I go there one day, and the door's locked, and there's like a 65 year old woman in the store, and I'm like, "Man, what happened?" She goes, "I was looking around. I turned to ask my mother a question. I couldn't get out." I said, "How long have you been here?" She goes, five hours." <laughs> she goes, "Well, I browsed a lot," she goes, and I took a nap on that sofa. And she goes, is your name Paul? I go, yeah, why? She goes, well, the phone rang and I took messages. She took messages. <laughs> so my mother's like in her 70s at this point, and I'm yelling at her. I'm like, Ma, you can't lock people in the store. She goes, I don't know what you're yelling at me about. The woman liked the sofa. She took a nap on it. She's going to buy it. She goes, I made a sale and I wasn't even in the store. <laughs> I'm done. So I came back and I left and I sold my apartment in New York City. I had a nice two-bedroom co-op and I moved to a rooming house out in uh, Queens, which was 300 bucks a month. And I had a little 10 by 12 uh, room uh, and I shared a kitchen and a bathroom. It was this disgusting town uh, rooming house. And I shared a big kitchen and a bathroom with uh, two ex-cons, two recovering addicts and a 300 pound phone sex operator. sold Herbalife diet products to put a door. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And I heard all the phone calls and all I could say is <laughs> it was like disgusting. Right. And then I started to live the life of a comic. And then eventually I got a writing job on The Daily Show uh, when it first started. So this is for you. Are you talking Craig Kilborn Daily Show, not John Stewart, right? Because he was the original guy who I worked with at ESPN back in the day. Yeah, yeah. and it was funny because the, the word on the street was when we were, when we were like, you know, uh, the, the show was coming up and like, you know, 
they do, they do a comedy series doing this new show and they're looking for a host so it like spreads like wildfire among the comedy community and people are going in for auditioning and like everybody's like what are they looking for what are they looking for and they're like well they're looking for a craig kilborn type and then there'd be a pause in the group and everybody go who's hell who's craig kilborn <laughs> <laughs> but he wasn't like that well known yet right and then you see craig kilborn and then like i think i even i auditioned for it. and then you look at me i'm like a five foot eight italian guy with big lips and then there's like this this like Nordic, you know, uh, six four. Yeah, he's like six four, isn't he? Six four, blonde hair, yeah. always with a mirror in his hand. No, but it was like very true, actually. That's true. Yeah, and he, and he's um, and so that kind of is how it started, and um, it was really cool because they the show was new, and Comedy Central was not as big a network as it is now, so they really like let us try things. And they push the envelope, and then they pull you back. Like um, one time, uh, I was writing, and then I was also doing some segments on the show. And my writing partner and I remember Monica Lewinsky was like rehabilitating her career, and she had done this Vanity Fair spread, and she had like this little, you know, this little country girl thing going. And we got so incensed that she was being able to rehabilitate her career that um, that uh, we wrote this joke that you know this is the only thing she's doing. Uh, she's also getting product endorsements like this one from the milk industry. And we had them put a shot of milk all over her face, right? <laughs> With a thing that says gut milk in the bottom. Like, but we held the picture back because we knew if, the pre if they saw it, they would not let us do it. And the president of the network saw it when his show originally aired. And he, apparently the story is he called up the uh, you know, Comedy Central headquarters and goes, who authorized that picture? Pull the show. And they pulled the show and they never re-aired the show again. Wow. Yeah, and it was cool because, like, then he'd yell at us like your father would yell at you when he'd get mad at you, but he'd be proud of you at the same time. So he'd yell and laugh at the same time, like, don't, don't ever do that again. Like, but they wanted us to push the envelope. And, and Craig was good. I'll tell you one thing about Craig. He didn't care. He'd read it. As edgy as it was, he'd read it. He didn't care about offending anybody. And that really is, like, the key to good comedy. So he, he was good in that way, you know? And then everybody's thinking, wow, it's going to be hard to replace Craig Kilborn. Craig Kilborn. And then Stewart comes in and turns it into an institution. Yeah, it was crazy. You know, that tiny Jew, I got to give him. <laughs> He's literally three foot, four inches. We would carry him around in a little bag, a Sherpa bag, like you carry a dog on an airplane. He's adorable. And he doesn't need much food because he's so tiny. Um, no. Yeah, you know, when, Craig, when, when Don came in, we were all a little protective of the show. Like, hey, this has been going on for three and a half years. And, and so it was like a little bit of like, feeling each other out, but then he came in, and one of the big things he did was, if you look at the early Daily Show, the focus was like on not just news and media's coverage of news and politics, but it was maybe we do jokes about pop culture and somebody in sports and somebody in music, and he said, well, why don't we like laser beam the focus, because there's so much to do just with like, hey, these yahoos in Washington, the media coverage of it, and that, that was when it kind of... I think kind of jumped to another level and he, you know, he's just a brilliant guy and, and, uh, likes to do a lot of blow, but you know, you know, <laughs> well, that all, all comics. That's why I'm in radio. See, we don't do blow in radio. It's all the comedy thing. That's why I never got into comedy because I could never be around. Yeah, those people. You guys are boy scouts in radio. <laughs> Seriously. I've never done blow. Never. And I, I got to do some medicine. Hang on. <laughs> So now you fast forward, John Stewart leaves, and then boom, Colbert, who was whole part of that whole thing where you were around, he gets the net, he gets the late show, and now you're a part of that, right? You're writing on that? 
Yeah, well, I'm, a, I'm like a, a contributor of doing the audience warm up on it. And uh, Colbert and I go back to the Daily Show together, and I did stuff on the uh, on the Colbert Report and got to meet really some cool people there. And like, um, and so this just seemed like the next cool thing to do because he takes over for Letterman in this big, beautiful theater, and um, it's kind of like playing Yankee Stadium after you played a Triple A, not. Just in terms of size, you know, the Daily Show and Colbert Report, these smaller studios. And this Letterman, Letterman covered up this beautiful dome that's in this theater. And, uh, it's, and it just, there's a band and every night there's like some cool guests. And, the, and then, you know, like Scarlett Johansson was on and I was like, like this far away. And <laughs> I, I will tell you, Tony, that they will tase you if you touch Scarlett Johansson's ass. They're just giving you that pinch of meter. All right. Well, next time I have her on the podcast, I'll think of that. Except it's hard to do with Skype. If she comes in studio, I'll maybe do a reach around, you know, just to give her the hug. You've got to be careful. You know, the same thing with Justin Stephen Breyer. They were very upset when I touched his ass. But, you know, <laughs> how can you resist? Come on. And, uh, and, uh, and it's like, so you're kind of like like George Clooney, uh, you know, you're like, and we get these people on the Daily Show, but not that regularly. You get more like on the Daily Show, you get more like the story of Doris Kearns Goodwin. Now, don't get me wrong, a lovely lady, but uh, my pants aren't getting tight over Kearns Goodwin. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's the same thing. Well, it's like you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough, done a lot of stuff. I was Keith Olbermann. You've done that contributor thing a lot of times. I contributed to, you know, it's funny. I would go on. I would go on Fox when they would ask me to do a TV hit from L.A., and then I'd go on Keith's show. People were like, when, when I'd go on Fox, it's like, oh, you're a right-wing crazy guy. And then I'd go on with Keith. Oh, you're a left-wing. It's amazing how no matter what you do, people want to lab label you as, as either left or right nowadays. Exactly. I, you know, so it, a, a kind of an offshoot of the Daily Show experience, and, you know, you just develop this natural ability to kind of, like, talk about politics and have a point of view about it, but also be funny as I, I've been going on. The, like you do, the the talk show circuit, you know, CNN, MSNBC, ESPN, Fox Sports, whatever. And, you know, you talk about what's in the news. So I go on Fox News, and I'm not a conservative. For me, I come. It's the issues usually really define me. It's more like I don't. And the problem with it all is like there's everybody's in lockstep. So so you know, there's like eight talking points that the Republicans are all reading from, and then there's eight talking points that the liberals are reading. Liberals are reading from, and nobody's really talking to each other. So I would go like on handy. My liberal friends would be like. How did you go on here? You're a Republican celebrity. No, I'm just having a point of view. Like we had this, we had this one moment, right? Uh, Obama was fighting with the Republicans about cover, uh, the budget and shutting the government down. And he used, he said, um, he said, uh, uh, you know, um, th th this is a uh, this is a very uh, sorry moment for the for the country and the Constitution, and the Republicans are holding us hostage, and uh, and. The Constitution, by the way, isn't a perfect document. It's a flawed document. So I'm on the panel, and one of the guys is a black guy on the panel. And he goes, uh, everybody's like, this is outrageous. How could the president call our Constitution flawed? And the black guy goes, yes, how could it be flawed? And I said, it was amended 27 times. That should give you an idea that it was flawed. And I said to him, you of all people can't say it wasn't flawed. You're a black guy. Based on the Constitution as originally written, you're like a torso. You were three-fifths a person. And he just sat there and he was like, he couldn't process beyond this politics who he actually was and the color of his skin. And so I find the same thing. Like you go on these shows and unless you're saying what the people watching 
want to hear, you they automatically make you the bad guy on the other side, which is BS, you know? It's not the case often. So it's like, you can't win, you know? That's why I like going on, <clears throat> we're going on with Keith, who's obviously very, very left, but people would yeah. expect us to talk politics, and we never did. My approach yeah. is, I have fun. I'm a, I'm a sports guy, I can talk about anything, pop culture, fun, but it's always about having fun, and that's, I mean, that's what you do in comedy. I mean, everybody wants, you know, you're a comic, you're a writer, and you, and you try to be funny. But when you try to go on a serious show and they want you to be serious, I'm like, no, I'm not going to be serious unless it's something that's serious and I can deal with. But for the most part, I'm like the toy store. I just want to have fun, man. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I mean, the thing I, I always liked about you, and I, I've listened to you for years in different formats that you've been in, and you've always jumped out at me and stood out at me as, like, sort of the guy that, like, is not just, like, yelling about stuff but has point of view and is smart, especially when it comes to sports. But – you also just seem like a guy that's like lived life, and trust me, your face looks it. I apologize; that was unnecessary. You're nice enough to have me on your show. But yeah, I think it's like everybody gets a little too serious. Like, e like even about sports, like that's that's a huge part of our culture. And I've done stuff with sports comedy, and you know, I have a show that I did for Comedy Central and for HBO, and like, you know, um, and like. I did this segment for HBO where everybody talks about there should be more diversity in sports. There should be more blacks playing hockey. There should be more whites playing basketball, blah, blah, blah. And I wrote this piece that we shot where it was set in the 50s. It was a secret top-level meeting in the 50s where all the major races got together and negotiated which race was going to control which sport forever. And, and so I had two white guys, a Native American, a Latino guy, and two black guys. But it's the reverse of everything you think they end up wanting. Like the blacks don't want basketball. They want hockey. The Native American only gets logos, you know. So, so, um, it's a way to like say something, but also be funny. I think sometimes the sports world needs to be a little less, take itself a little less seriously. I don't know how you feel. But you Not totally. I mean, that's, what, that's why I've been doing this for a hundred. I look, by the way, speaking of appearances, I mean, I look pretty good for 75. I look terrible for 63, but I look great for 75. No, my whole approach, my whole life has been that way. It's about fun. Sports is fun. And when you have, when there are serious issues, you discuss them. But for the most part, we're watching a, we're being, it's entertainment. It's entertaining yeah. to us. We don't play the game. To the people who play it, it's a business. To those who watch it, gamble on it. It's entertainment and uh, maybe a way to win some money if you do, if you right. but and, and I also think that the the people that are running the leagues and whatever else, and I understand that some big money business and the sports networks have to be careful about biting the hand that feeds them, but people aren't stupid. They see three, see through the BS, you know? I mean, it's like like the whole Greg Hart thing and, you know, whatever, you know, you know, that press conference he did in, in the locker room as soon as he came back was ridiculous. He might as well should have just stood there with like Brad knuckles on and a tank top wife beater and had the press conference, you know what I mean? Like, that would be a great sketch to do. But the NFL would be afraid to let you do that. People see through it. People know the BS. People are sitting on their couch going, you know, you're just you're just like a politician saying what you're supposed to say, buddy. Just really talk about what's going on. I mean, like, so I think that's the fun thing about the kind of stuff that you've been doing and the stuff that Keith did at ESPN and I've tried to do a little bit of sort of like, you know, bring some fun to it and also have like an attitude and call people on their on their nonsense a little bit and go, come on, guys, maybe is this really the way it's going? Like and, and and question it. You know what I mean? I think it's healthy. I think it's good. You know, like like the Daily Show stuff for politics, you know, speaking of doing things now, you got the podcast, two chairs yeah. and a microphone. 
I, the the yeah. new steel are from two turntables and a microphone, so you don't have a DJ in the back playing or uh, or uh, yeah, two chicks at the same I'm time. Some of my other favorite lines. I'm not, I'm not original at all. Uh, in fact, I, I put myself out there as Tony Bruno. <laughs> Bruno, meet my girlfriend Robin. Nobody knows. Nobody's going to care. But yes, I did. I, I was trying to find. Um, I, I moved my podcast over to the Adam Corolla Network. And I was trying to just find a different name. I had the Paul Curio show and Corolla was nice enough to invite me over and he's got a great podcast network. And I thought, let me do this. So I'm waiting for Beck to call me. Hello. I'm not, I'm thinking it probably won't happen anytime soon, but like, I, you know, I just, uh, so yeah. And, um, it's been fun. Like, um, I want to have you on. We talked about that. I've had um, some really cool people on. Like, uh, trust me, I've looked at your guest list and, and I've heard some of your podcast. I don't know what I, you, you you wouldn't. I wouldn't be on like your 16th page of the people you've had on your show. I mean, you have McCartney. Uh, you had astrophysicists on. You know, you're not talking yeah. to schlep sports guys on your podcast. No, no, but I, I would have you on. I would definitely have you on. I'd play you like late at night because uh, <laughs> you're 75 with a swollen prostate. So, you know, there's only so much I can do with you. But no, yeah, I've been lucky. I mean, um, I have, I'm like you. I think I have a, a pretty eclectic interest, you know, so I didn't want to just have it be with me with comedians. So, you know, we've had everybody from entertainment, music, sports, Bob Costas, Sugar Ray Leonard. We've had, um, uh, you know, as you mentioned, Paul McCartney, Judd Apatow, Jane Leno, like Neil deGrasse Tyson, Larry King. So I'm really proud of the lineup. And I just like talking to people. I just think I think the problem with talk shows, especially late night shows now, is you get seven minutes, they're plugging their thing. You don't really get to know them. In a podcast like this, you can kind of get to know people. And, you know, obviously, in this case, your your followers can see how adorable and handsome I am. Mm -hmm. And uh you know, and uh, basically get kind of get into stuff with people, you know, like long form. It's really cool. Like musicians. I love talking to musicians because I don't know how to do music at all, at all, you know. So it's been really cool and really fun. Do they bring their own drugs when you do a musician or do you have to provide it for them? I don't know no, what the protocol is. The deal days. is they bring the drugs and I bring the hooker, but the hooker has to be STD free. So I have to have <laughs> you know, there's a Charlie Sheen joke in there somewhere, but I'm not going to go there, right? No, it's that. Oh my God! <laughs> tell me, tell me the whole world and go. Eh, HIV? Eh, that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. So now, anybody, but you got now the McCartney. Now you get Paul McCartney on, and so everybody wants to know how. Because I spent a weekend with John Lennon when I was like 21 years old at a radio station in Philly. He didn't come to see me. I just I happened to be working there five years before he was killed. So. He actually signed an autograph for me at the end of the weekend. And nobody had cell phone cameras. Nobody even had phones. So I don't have any pictures, but I have an autograph that he signed on, a, on an 8 by 11 aligned piece of paper. And I hung it up, and he, he drew a little glasses. So that's my most prized possession. And I didn't even ask for it, which is amazing. But then you get Paul McCartney to come on your podcast. How did that happen? Um, <clears throat> drugs, a lot of drugs. No. <laughs> he was doing a special show promoting like a box set that he was putting out uh, at the Colbert Report. So he, and I was working there at the time and he does the rehearsal and then he leaves the studio to start loading in the audience and standing in the hallway all alone in a little Colbert t-shirt tucked into his pants, chewing gum, leaning against the wall, looking up at the ceiling all alone is Paul McCartney. All alone. Like, 
you've been around big stars, I know, in your career. You know a lot of these guys have entourages mm-hmm. and this and that. You, you have eight people sitting so exactly. to talk to. Exactly. I had to talk to Robin, and then she had to talk to a guy, and there's a midget. There's a lot of people. And, uh, and yes, I said midget, not little people. I don't know how that's any less offensive than midget. Um, and he's in the hallway, and I'm like, my whole world slows down. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Paul McCartney, right? And then I'm like, should I say hi? Should I not say hi? And, like, he's completely alone. And I'm like, you know what? He's alone in a hallway. He's like a gazelle on the Serengeti plane. I'm just going to pounce and ask him, right? To go up and say hi at least and introduce myself just to talk say hi so i go up and say hey it's nice to meet you because hey, i'm a big fan i go i'm a big fan he goes i said it's hard to meet you he goes oh thanks man he goes what's your name i go paul he goes oh he goes, well paul that's a good name right <laughs> and i'm like hey i'll do the jokes all right pal back off you just play love me do and do your thing so so we start talking he's we do stand up yeah i like stand up he talks about robin williams Victoria, tour you got a kid yeah me too it's hard five ten minutes go by i'm talking to paul mccartney like I'm talking to you. And on the outside, I'm like, hey, I'm talking to Paul McCartney. On the inside, I'm like, oh my God, I'm talking to Paul McCartney. I was out of my mind, right? And my mind's like going two things at once. Like I'm trying to stay in the conversation, but I'm thinking like, what's the next thing I can say to keeping the conversation going? And I'm getting really close to him. Like the creepy close turker guy. Because <laughs> you only see him in like, TV, right? So, like, I'm like this, like, I, you know, like those chimps on the National Geographic that, like, cleans ticks off their mate? Like, I couldn't yeah. clean ticks off his eyebrows when I was that close, right? <laughs> so then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to leave the guy alone. I go into the bathroom. I'm hyperventilating. I call my wife. I'm like, you're not going to believe it. I just talked to Paul McCartney. She goes, uh, are you, what, what, are you, what are you doing in the Are you, like, playing? And I'm like, no, I'm not. What are you, crazy? It's not Tuesday. And, uh, so I basically go, look, I hang up the phone, I calm down, and I go to myself, Paul McCartney should do my podcast. Like, that's what I think. Like, delusional, right? So I go, I knock on the dressing room door, and I say, hey, look, I know this is crazy because you're huge and I'm nobody. I literally said that to him. I go, would you do my podcast? He goes, yeah, sure. <laughs> that fast. So now I'm completely prone because, like, in high school, like, if you – had this hot girl you wanted to ask out and you just didn't have the guts to do it and you finally say to yourself, I'll do it, she'll say no and I'll get it out of my system and it says she says yes and you don't have any plan after that, that was me. <laughs> because he goes, he goes, yeah, sure, how would we do it? And my voice literally changed to this. I was like, ah, ah, um, I'll come to London and he's looking at me like, we're in New York together, why would you come to London, right? And then says to me, is it easy to do? And I actually said to Paul McCartney, Oh, yeah, it's really easy. I don't want to be a bother. You could do it on your phone, naked from your toilet. And I'm like, what am I saying? Right? Like, I'm screwing it up eight ways to something. Like, if this were a first date, it'd be over by the appetizer, right? So now I'm completely flustered. And I don't get flustered easily anymore, but I was flustered. And I go, look, I'll leave you alone. I'll go talk to one of your assistants, and we'll set it up. This is the mind blow right here, Tony. He goes like this to me. He goes, no, 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 no. Don't talk to my assistants. They'll muck it up. You and I will do it. I go, what do you mean? He goes, you and I will coordinate it directly. Give me your phone number. I'll call you. And when I call you, you have to be ready to do it because I'm really busy. So now my hand is shaking. I'm handing my phone number to Paul McCartney. And I just say, I'm not going to sleep with you, old man, just so you know. Um, you know, I'm no, and so I, uh, I hand him the phone number and I think I got like a super professional blow off, right? Like you've been in the business a long time. You know how to blow somebody off if you want, right? Okay. He does the Colbert 
show. Amazing performance. He leaves. I'm now leaving that studio, rushing to get to the Daily Show taping that tapes like a couple blocks away, and I'm late, so I'm rushing. And my phone rings, and I don't recognize the number, so I let it ring the voicemail. This, yeah, yeah. And this is a message on my phone. So now you gotta be thinking, all right, I just blew it. He called me and went to voicemail. Now what do I do? Right? So now I'm standing on a street corner in New York City. Now, you know, uh, these are there are these unfortunate homeless people that have mental problems and they're talking to this other voice in their head. Usually they're the comics who are trying to sell you. So they're the guys on uh, right in Times Square trying to get you to go to their show, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm, I retrieved the call. I put the phone down, and if you saw me from afar, I looked like a guy who was talking to himself because I was just screaming like a madman. Damn! Damn! Scream! Paul! Paul! Paul McCartney! Never get him back! Like random words like that no one could understand. I call him back. I go, uh, I now had to stall him because I didn't have anything set up. I was just like saying yes to whatever he said to get the, to get the interview. And I go, uh... He goes, uh, I go, yeah. He goes, can you do it now? I go, oh, yeah, just give me five minutes. So I call the studio that was recording my podcast in L.A. And I go, I need a line. I got Paul McCartney on the line. And the guy actually goes to me, oh, man, there's someone using the studio right now. And I snapped and I became this guy. I go, did you not hear me? I have Paul McCartney. Unless you have Jesus Christ or John Lennon in that studio, get him out. I had to call Paul McCartney back three more times and stall him for a half hour. Wow. I was having a heart attack. I finally said to him, look, I'm having a heart attack. Can we do this another day? He goes, no, no, no. I call him. We finally get the line. I call him back. And this, I get this. Oh, you got to hold on. Paul's in the bathroom. <laughs> All I can picture is Paul McCartney taking a crap. Right? <laughs> oh my God! It must be the most genius crap ever. <laughs> it's down the toilet. It goes down the toilet backwards, and if you can hear, Paul is dead. Like. stressful two hours of my life and I got him on the phone and we did the interview it that's great man and you can hear that interview by going to paulmaterial.com and the podcast is called two chairs and a microphone go on the website subscribe to the podcast and you got all kinds of stuff in there you're touring you don't tour again until April though because you, you don't want to go out in this warm winter weather we're having here yeah, you know, uh, you know, my skin gets very chapped when it's cold. Uh, <laughs> you got to moisturize, man. You got to moisturize. Yeah, it got exactly. Uh, yes, the, the, it's, it's the podcast. We got a lot of great people. We've got um, uh, David Tell coming up, Colin Quinn. We've got a major, major people coming up, and um, it's a subscription. You have to pay a little bit of money. We don't. We didn't want to do ads on this, so but it's very cheap, and it helps us uh, defray some of the costs of producing it. So I just want to tell people about that, but it's super cheap and you get two podcasts a week. We drop one Monday and one Thursday, all A-line guests. Tony Bruno's going to be on, I guarantee it. And you will reduce the price for that one only, right? You'll, you'll reduce, that, give them a break. That Actually, we will be giving people money back <laughs> to listen to it. <laughs>
Well, Paul, it's been, it's been awesome, man. It's been really awesome talking to you. By the way, we're going to have three price points for yours. If you want to hear just 10 minutes, we'll give you $10 back. A half hour, we'll give you $100 back, and we'll come vacuum your house. So. Oh, beautiful. I could use that because Robin's not a very good housekeeper, but I didn't want to rip her on the podcast. I usually do that anyway, so I'll get one in on this one, too. Paul, Paul Material, ladies and gentlemen, the guy's done everything. It's unbelievable. Go to his website and check out the podcast, Two Chairs and a Microphone, and Beck is not going to sue because that's close but not really infringement. I don't think yeah. it's an issue Yeah, and Beck needs the money. He's homeless anyway. Exactly. Paul, great to have you on. Thanks, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me, man. It's a blast. All right, back. I want to thank Paul Mercurio. What a great interview. What a great guy. Paul Mercurio joining us. Brought to you by Amazon. You know, everybody's out there shopping. We're getting very, very close to Christmas. But you can still go on Amazon right now and get something delivered because they're the best. Podcast One and Amazon teaming up. And if you go on Amazon, go to my website, TonyBrunoShow.com, and go into our Podcast One page, and there you'll see the link to Amazon.com. You just click that on. It'll take you right into Amazon where you normally shop, but then you'll see my name at the top of the uh, URL. Don't be worried about that. You just shop as you normally do on Amazon.com, and then you get the same killer deal. But because you use that link to Amazon, the show gets credit for it. So a lot of people shop with Amazon. Robin's on there every day. All of our stuff you see here, we buy on Amazon. You're welcome. And you can go in there and get stuff. I Amazon. support the show. Yes, you do. Robin <laughs> is actually supporting the show herself. Yes. Yes. Which is good because we need support. So just go on there. Don't forget. It couldn't be easier. Go to Podcast One. Click on Killer Deal in the menu bar. And then when you shop on Amazon, you help support this show. And we thank you for your support. Meanwhile, you know what we got to do right it's now? It's time to play Win Your Money, where one lucky person could cop all the cash in the box. You put the money in the box, think of it as a 50-50, except you can keep it all. That's right, it is time to play Win Your Money. Not my money, not Ben Stein's money, not Luigi's money, because he ain't got any, <laughs> and not Joe's money. That's accurate. Your money. Now, we've got a fresh new jackpot because somebody hit it a couple Correct. of weeks ago. Which was on, I mean, not that we're, um, like, we want people to win, but we don't really want people to win yeah, because we wanted, it was a little bit too fast. Yeah. I wanted to get Bro, up to, man. like, $100 million in that box. And it's steal it. Before somebody wins more than the mega millions, which is now yeah. $85 million. $85 million. Okay. Imagine $85 million in that box. Powerball is a buck eighty. <laughs> now, Natalie, of course, one of our great assistants and our good friend. How Hello, are you, Nat? good. How are you? You having fun tonight? I'm having so much fun. Did you like Luigi's baked ziti? How great were those? It's so good that it's all over my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, you're wearing white. I of am. Of course. It's Aren't like you not supposed cream. to wear white at this time of the year, right? I wasn't That's coming not. That's actually winter to... white. It's okay. Isn't it like a cream? Yes. It's like a cream color. It's just pure white that you're not allowed to wear. Yeah. I can wear whatever the hell I want, when I want it, <laughs> where I want it. You know what I mean? All right, now now you have the you have the the uh, the, the tickets that everybody who tickets. put money in. Yes. Now everybody who put money in gets a ticket, right? Yes. And so there's some money in there. I mean, it's not a billion dollars. Well, that's the way it starts. It starts out small, and then it, exactly. and then it grows. Keeps but growing. if nobody wins tonight, then next week you come back, and more money will be in, and it grows and grows and grows. But even though, even, even if you put a buck in there, I mean, you're still going to walk out with a good 30 yeah, 40 bucks. Yeah, the guy won two weeks ago, put a dollar in, and won like $170. Yep. I think it was 183 to be exact. Well, that's, that's, that's a pretty good buy He back. made it rain. I watched him. He yeah, made, he it, made rain. it rain. He did. He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> he's been there before. He's done yeah. it. Yeah, he's done it. <laughs> you don't See, really need to really get a lot of ex- nah. extensive training to learn how to do that. Right. No. 
I'm so poor, I make it hail when I go to a place. I, I, I throw quarters. Yeah. I throw quarters from the slot winnings I used to have. Yeah, those suckers hurt, man. Yeah, it does, but it still, it still cashes the same way. All right, now let's pull out a uh, lucky winner who's going to come up and spin the wheel. And even if you don't win the jackpot or the fistful of dollars, fabulous prizes on the wheel, Luigi. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. We've got cruises on the Patriot Cruise Line, our good friends down there. You can cruise the Patriot 2016 with Captain Walt. Captain Walt was down there fixing the – he was actually doing uh, like some renovations to the boat. Exactly. Past couple of days. And right? I believe that he was part of the uh, very s- sad uh, boat parade. Boat parade. Yes. Saturday night, there were like seven <laughs> boats going by. Seven yeah. whole yeah. boats. It was a boat parade, and, and, uh, really? and yeah. But he was he yeah, was there. Was, well, well, like, nice it was actually just a, yeah. It was just a police boat just chasing a bunch of no. It was, you know what? Drug traffic. All the Saturday night. All the recreational boats are out of the water. Ah, okay, so it's like so. tugboats and fire boats and right. coast guard boats, and they put lights on them. So oh, Robin and I, we periscope. Where were you Saturday night? I wasn't looking at that. Oh, okay. I was just wondering. <laughs> All right. And, and, of course, we have tickets, uh, tick, gift, trick, stick, trick, gift cards to Moonshine Tavern on Moya Mensing Avenue, mm, a great yummy. place, and all kinds of other stuff. So who is the uh, lucky winner? What are the numbers? 401-018. Who has 018? 018. Someone has to have it. I Somebody know. Somebody has so to have it. Because no one's left. We locked everybody yeah, in tonight. Yeah, we locked them in. So, do we give right them the- here? She, you're the winner? Yay! Who got it? Yay! Come on up. Come on up, speech. Come on down. Or send a representative. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Yeah, come up and spin the wheel oh. now. That's Andrea. That's one of our great Twitter yes. followers, yes. Andrea. She could have been anywhere tonight, Tom. That's she right. could have been anywhere. Oh, she is She is sending in a punt. She's sending in one of her families. Yes. Is that your daughter-in-law or daughter? Your daughter. Hi, Megan. Come on up. and uh, First of all, Megan, are you excited about spinning the wheel? Well, walk up to the mic now. Have you done this before, by the way? <laughs> You've never played Wheel of Fortune slots at the casino? Are you old enough to gamble? Yes. Are you over 18? Yes. Are okay. you over 21? Yes. What is your phone number? <laughs> <laughs> That's why That's right, it is. Are you know how to do this? Now give it a good, good hard spin, and we'll see what you win. Spin that wheel! Nice. Good spin. That's it. Get the microphone in there. Get that good click. Yeah, needs, the microphone needs to go up at yeah, the top. Could, oh. Oh. oh! What the heck? She won the jackpot! Are you kidding me? She Are you won kidding the jackpot! Me? Oh, this thing's never Oh, my. That's <laughs> unbelievable. This is getting goddamn ridiculous. Man. Is this, like, rigged or <laughs> no, what? Really. It's not rigged. <laughs> I just tightened the wheel up when I went over there, man. <laughs> this is not like a great show where they really. tighten the machines up and you never hit. No, she gets no, a jackpot. She gets the jackpot. Well, she's not going to get the jackpot. She spun the wheel. It's fair $2.50. Don't spend it all one <laughs> yeah, exactly. You think if I could fix this game, I'd have two people win in two weeks? <laughs> Are you in Jersey? You got so we will, we will give you the money right after the show. Yes. yes. Congratulations. Unbelievable. Hey, round of applause. Maybe hey. it's me. The last time I was here, they won the jackpot. I know. Are you the mush or are you the good luck hey, charm? I think wait, I'm wait, the good luck charm. I think we are taking <laughs> Natalie to Atlantic City. Exactly. Yeah. Well, she's heard that line before. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous, man. <laughs> and the interesting thing about our wheel, there's only one jackpot slot. You yes. Know and so there's like, how many yeah. slots are on there, Robin? Then we uh, then we count. Uh, twenty. There's like twenty-four slots uh, on something there. Something like that. Twenty-seven. It's, it's unbelievable. That's pretty. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. 
How many slots are on there? So two out of three weeks. You got the so next week, it's going to be back down to the three <laughs> yeah, pennies that are at the like bottom of the box. Yeah, yeah. And people will put their money back in, and you'll have another chance to win. But next week, we're going to have a lot of prizes now. Yes. We're going to do you the 12 what? days well, of Tony. If anybody out there works for a bank or something that wants to uh, sponsor, sponsor the, the what's in the box, I think that, that wouldn't a bank be a great sponsor for that? Yeah, as long as they put some money in yeah, the box. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Not some pens or anything like that. Yeah, yeah I don't want <laughs> <like, laughs> to be a citizen. <laughs> well, I have enough TD Bank pens. Thank you very much. be a citizen. And seven. Yeah, don't, yeah. We don't want some crappy like. Keep your damn pack. calendars, pal. The Phillies exactly. couldn't even get seven people together last Oh, yeah. wow. That's just horrible. And Andrew, aren't you happy you brought your daughter tonight? How much money's in there? It's got to be like 50, Probably 60 like, bucks yeah, in there, right? Yeah. Hey, look, if you bought a dollar. At least 20. Yeah. No, there's more than 20 oh, bucks in there. There's a 20 lying down. 30. They put 10 in themselves. It okay. might be 50 See, they won their own money back. Yeah. See, that's how that works. <laughs> if you park in the lot, it'll cover that. You know, you buy a scratch-off every once in a yeah, while and exactly. you get your money back. Right. I never win any. No, Tony never out. does. I don't, I, win. Win. I don't even win a dollar on a scratch-off. No, I buy $20 scratch-offs. I never win squat. No, I, I don't even get a free work. ticket on a no, $20 nothing. scratch-off. Me neither. Yeah, I see these people playing all the time. Uh, they win well, 10 yeah. grand, a $1,000. They're professional. I buy like, I'm not, oh, you got to buy three in a row. So I buy three in a row and I don't win yeah, any. Yeah, Maybe it's four. You got to buy four in a row? I think it's four in a row. It's ridiculous. You got to buy four. No, you don't. Yes, you do. Every fourth one wins. Just it's one in every 3.57 chances, Tony. the person right before well, you bought three? That's the draw. That's the, the catch. Yeah, well, I mean, then, how do you know? You, so in other you words, get nothing. <laughs> you lose. Good day, sir. Thank you. That's it. That's my life. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I have to say one last thing before we go. I've got to mention True Car and the True Car app. Have you been on the True Car app? No. You looking for a new car? Cars on the... Yeah, if you're looking for a new car, I'm telling you, this, yeah. is, this is no scam. This is not some too-good-to-be-true thing. This is the way to buy cars nowadays. Everybody does research. They go online. They know it. If you know what kind of car you want, you go in, you pick out the make and model, and then you do the dealer search, and you're trying to find the lowest price. And then you say, well, I got the best deal here, but there's a car dealer, the same deal. I'm looking for a Jeep. I know there's four Jeep dealerships in the area. You know what you do? You go to the True Car app because they have 10,000 True Car certified dealers that believe in a new way to buy a car. With the True Car app and TrueCar.com, you get guaranteed savings. True Car certified dealers will honor the savings. It's that simple. What they do is everything evolves. You go on there, you pick a car, and then they will make sure that you get the best deal, even if it's in the same area. You can go to one dealership and find out that the price is lower at the other dealership. They do that for you and point you in the right direction. It's True Car. The True Car Certified Dealership Network Make sure you're getting the best deal. So find out for yourself. Go to TrueCar.com and check out the True Car app, too. True Car. It's that simple. I'm still shocked that we've had two jackpot winners. Uh, that's unbelievable. Now, what, what was the uh, winner last week? With we actually didn't do it no, last no, week no, because no, we no. were we were we went overtime and um, and there were only a couple people here and they were broke because they had to pay the park. Right, right, right. And they're like, I'm not putting money in the box. Yeah. I have to pay the park. <laughs> but you got to get here before the uh, meters. I mean, if you find a yeah. spot on the street on Wednesday nights, that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. It's free to park after 5 p.m. every Wednesday. On Wednesday, so I get here at like four, and I always find a spot in front of the yeah. street. Yeah. And they only have to pay for an hour parking. Yeah. It's a good deal if you can get yeah, it. Exactly. And then the one week I forgot because yeah, I was here ticket. at 3.30. Yeah, I that. Yeah. And I didn't, put, I didn't put money in the meter because somebody told me, oh, it's over free all day Wednesday. Yeah. And then I got a $38 <laughs> ticket. So I've actually paid more to park right. than I have already <laughs> one time than I have the rest of the uh, shows that we've done here at Comedy Sports. We want to thank everybody for coming out tonight. Paul Mercurio, uh, who, 
which joins us on Skype, Susie Selleck. You can follow her at susieselleck.com, S-U-S-I-E. Of course, the great Nathaniel Dotson up there, who's our video guy. Tutvid, follow him. He's amazing. He does everything. He doesn't just shoot this dumb show. He does a lot of dumb things. No, he does a lot of great things. And he's a new dad. Tutvid, T-U-T-V-I-D. Follow Nathaniel. He's a genius. Natalie Egenoff, E-G-E-N-O-L-F. Right, Nat? I know. It's so difficult. Yes, I finally, right, I finally figured out how to remember it. How? Eggnog, Egenoff. Yeah, well... I'll tell my eggnog story next week. All right, we'll tell your eggnog. There's, a, there's an eggnog story. That is and how I'm finally remembering your last Perfect. name. Perfect. <laughs> I'm going to go to Wawa and buy a couple gallons yeah. of eggnog yeah. and I'll spike it. $8 a bottle for it. The, the great Luigi Curto up there. Follow him at Luigi Curto 22 And, of course, the man right here, the genius that is Joe Corrado at jcorrado19, C-O-R-R-A-D-O. He's awesome. At Paul Mercurio, if you want to follow him, at Miss Robin Austin. Kevin Regan here at CSZ Philadelphia Comedy Sports. Come on out and see a show some Saturday night. It's terrific. And, of course, uh, all the other folks, Miss Robin and uh, everybody else who helps make this show work and all the folks who came out tonight. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next Wednesday for the big Creek Christmas extravaganza. It's the Tony Bruno Show, the podcast. Don't drink and drive. Don't text and drive. And God bless America. It's a beautiful country. Clear. Listening to the Tony Bruno Show. We hope you'll make this a weekly visit. Download new episodes every Thursday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Come back soon. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. At Cole's Friends and Family Sale, the back-to-school savings add up with an extra 20% off. Save on Skechers for the family, girls stretch jeggings just $12, and save on an Instant Pot and luggage. Plus, take an extra 10% off home. Plus, everyone gets Kohl's cash. Plus, free Amazon returns now at all Kohl's stores. This weekend at Kohl's. Offers valid July 25th through 28th. 20% with promo code SHOPFAMILY. 10% off home with promo code HOMEDEAL10. Some exclusions apply. See store or post.com for details. The Home Depot Days of Doing Bath and Kitchen event is going on now. With everything you need to let the savings flow. Like the Moen Genta 4-inch faucet in brushed nickel finish for just 99 bucks. It combines a contemporary modern design with a spot-resistant finish for a beautifully clean look in your bathroom. Today is the day for doing and stylish updates. At the Home Depot Days of Doing Bath and Kitchen event going on now. The Home Depot. More saving. More doing. Offer valid October 5th while supplies last.